The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. Today it's at Lance Zerline, at Tyler Drew Scott. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975, so you know the number for that, too. Miss the first hour? Just having a little fun with uh, one of the legends of Houston Radio, Lance Erline, talking a little, uh, little football, because you know what? Lance is pretty good at that. And rumor has it. We're getting football calls today. It's yeah. It was cool being able to wake up at a regular time, like just wake up supernatural. See, I have mixed feelings about that, because I, I, I mean, I like the fact that I can get all my work done on other stuff before the show, and I get you know, and I get up ridiculously early anyway, not as early as you guys have to get up, but I'm up at like five thirty every morning, and I I always kind of feel like it'd be fun, like the times I filled in with you guys. It's kind of nice to have the day to go pull a Granado and play golf or go play poker, you know. Once you're done, so that's I like, don't know if I could do that on a regular John would basis. never do John would never go do an, an evening show like I could because I'm used to being up here doing draft stuff anyway. So coming in a little, you know, coming in a little bit later and starting my draft stuff and then finishing with radio, yeah, that would be doable for me. For John, that's simply not acceptable because it takes away poker, it takes away drinking, it takes away well, it should take away drinking, but it definitely will take away poker, and it doesn't necessarily have to take away golf. But he's got his little rhythm. Yeah, but if you want to, if you're going to be on the golf course and have a few drinks, you know, you really won't be coming in and doing a show after that. Not that I haven't done that before, but. Uh, okay, so I wanted to, I want to play a little game here. Okay, and uh, because I I, I think uh, a lot of your NFL Network buddies are going on to GM jobs or being mentioned for GM jobs. I think Lance Lance Erline should get a GM job somewhere. Maybe it'll be for the XFL when they come back. I don't know. <laughs> but and all right, I'm going to just give my general impressions of what. And I have to say, because the Texans have made so many poor decisions in their leadership. And the way they handled the Casario thing, I had my questions about him. And then I had people in the league tell me, hey, this is a sharp guy. He's going to do a good job. And every decision he's kind of made since then has told me, mm, I don't know. I'm not seeing the sharp guy. Now, here's what I think he did right. He redid, redid a bunch of bad contracts. and Including, get, yeah, get rid of guys, too. Yeah. Like Nick Martin. See ya. Nick Martin. Uh, <laughs> wasn't, uh, Bernard McKinney it. was useless at that at that stage of his career, and he Imagine actually him. got something for him. Yeah. So I thought that was good. I thought that Whitney Merciless contract might have been the best thing he's done. He's basically turned that thing into where you can cut him after this year at no pain. Mm-hmm. And that thing was a disaster. And, and he was useless last year. So uh, I think he got the salary cap in order. And I don't mind signing all these guys on one-year deals who might turn into something. Because, although, in theory, I'd like to have seen more draft picks. But I'm kind of curious if, all right, so let's say all my business stuff works out in the next two years and I buy the Texans and make you GM and we can go back in time to this year. Tell me how you would have handled this offseason. Well, I mean, the first thing I would have done would have been, I would have done some of the roster cleanup that that he did. Um, I would have got rid of, so it's easy to say I would have got rid of Jack Easterby, but he doesn't have a job if it's not for Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby actually 
I was told this from behind the scenes. Jack Easterby negotiated his deal. So, which is a huge conflict of interest. Uh, yeah. Because and, and also, if you look at his deal, it's ridiculous. It's like, what, six years? It's six, six years. Million? It's, it's basically uh. a sweetheart deal for Nick Casario. Jack helped make it a reality. Jack's the same guy, by the way, who negotiated. Um, I think Bill, Bill O'Brien did tonsils, and Jack did, from what I was told, Jack did um, um, the Watson's. Air, the air humper, yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, I would say get rid of Easterby. In a perfect world, I'd get rid of Easterby. Well, when okay. I when I own the team now, keep in mind that you don't. Oh, well, you're saying I'm anything. going back in time. Well, so we're going if, back in time, but he didn't get you hired. I did. Okay, so yeah, I get rid of Jack <laughs> Easterby is the first thing I do. We're gonna make the the we're gonna take people off eggshells, make them happy in the building, and you know it, it starts with a culture build. So you are, which I don't mind talking about culture. I do think that you want to get the right people in the building where winning is really really important for them, whether it's on the field, in the coaching staff, or behind the scenes. So, you know, there's some of that stuff that needs to – and ironically, that's what Jack is supposed to be. You know, that's his big thing is finding culture. But instead, I think ironically, he created a power vac- a culture of power plays and which, which really has hurt the organization. From a football-only standpoint, um, I would have moved J.J. Watt in a trade. I would not have just cut him. Um, I would have gotten something back in return for J.J. Watt was not going to hurt you cap-wise. It was a deal that you could have made, and you could have got something back in return. I would have done that. My first pick of the third round would have either been a cornerback, uh, Milifanwu from Syracuse, or I would have uh, traded the pick back and added additional picks or seen if someone was willing to give me um, a second next year for my first pick in the third round this year. That would have been preferable so I could backload to next year on next year's draft. But this is a good year for middle-of-the-round football. So, you know, it's easy to say I would have done this or done that. But I had two or three guys that I really liked where the Texans were drafting, and quarterback would not have been one of them. I would have avoided quarterback and rolled with what I had. Um, And then I think, uh, you know, I just – I would have drafted differently. I would have drafted a young, speedy wide receiver, one of those big, fast wide receivers who – um, are developmental. There's a, there were quite a few of those guys. I would have drafted one of those with one of those picks that he was trading up for. I would have drafted a running back um, because I think the skill position you could find in rounds five and six. And um, you know, my entire my entire uh, process would have been geared towards a fresh start in 2022. Getting rid of Whitney Merciless at the in the off season, getting rid of that contract. And um, I would take a look at everyone's contract, frankly, to see if I would get rid of them. But I would have been gearing up for let's draft for depth this year and make our roster more competitive. And then let's really gear towards next year's draft, which might include trading a pick this year for a future pick next year around higher. That's how I would have uh, approached it. And, and that would have made a lot of sense, too. And we talked about that in, in the weeks leading up to it. Is we all thought, I actually thought that was going to happen. Well, yeah, we, we, we talked about it on the show. It's like, yeah, I think they're going to try to get picks for next year. And if you go into it figuring, okay, at some point you will trade Deshaun Watson before next year's draft, your pick's going to be pretty good. That's your year to get in there and make a difference. And, and, and that would have made sense. But uh, And then, yeah, I... Why David Culley is your head coach, Lance? Why'd you do that? I wouldn't have done that. Um, I think David Culley is the opposite. You know, I really thought about this. David Culley's a lifelong NFL guy. 
Uh, I talked to a couple of people from the, from who work at teams who told me one of them said, you will not find a better person than David Cully. Now the same guy said, I'm not going to vouch for him as a head coach. I don't know that he's head coach material, but the person is fantastic, which, you know, it was probably partially a Jack Easterby thing. And, but, but at the same time, it was one of those moves that I think was, let's find somebody who's the exact opposite of Bill O'Brien. And I think that that probably helped them some. And it also, they might've looked at it as a diversity hire in the face of not even, you know, not even wanting to give Eric B a look, Robert Sala, a look it, it, you, it might've been a diversity hire. I don't know. Um, he certainly wasn't at the top of anyone's list that I heard of from a from a or coaching standpoint on anybody's list or even on know. anybody's <laughs> list. So it does make you think, but at the same time, um, you know, when John jokes around and calls him Bo Cully because he reminds him of Bo Porter, where he's probably going to have to be here for the first two years of a crappy team, and then they'll go find a different coach. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that's totally inaccurate. That could actually be accurate. All right. Uh, when we come back, I. I couple more things that I want to follow up with you on this, and, and one of them includes uh, why I think this isn't any different from Bill O'Brien from a different perspective. I want to get your thoughts on that. But uh, you know, tell people where they can play some fantasy. Man, this uh, underdog fantasy is great. How did I do the other day, the results? Oh, I lost $3. I, I actually kind of broke even with them. Uh, I'm going to jump back on tonight on the drafts with uh, – Best Ball Mania 2. Now, that's the big football, best ball NFL, where you get to basically draft your old team, and then everybody plays. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to be your best team is going to play. So your best team is what they're going to take from, from the, the whole group that you draft. And that means if you, if you want to take a chance, instead of worrying about who am I going to start this week, don't worry. It automatically is going to take on your best scores. So if you're someone who really does your homework and you know that one rookie, that one rookie is going to be a breakout rookie or that fourth string wide receiver who's going to make the big move, you can really uh, benefit from that. They have $3.5 million of prizes just in Best Ball Mania 2, and it costs just $25 to get in. Well, guess what? When you sign up with underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code radio, they're going to give you $25 cash with your first deposit. So you can use that to get in if you like. They've got NBA Finals where you can set up and draft your own team. you got three-man contests, five-man contests, eight-man contests. you got them for different amounts of money. Um, you can even get head-to-head and rivalry plays where you – play multiple players and it turns into multipliers so let's say you go under chris paul over devin booker and over on rebounds for deandre ayton all of a sudden those three turn into a six to one play for you so you know what i'm talking about that's a chance for you to make real money if you're skilled my friends at underdog fantasy want to give you a chance so go to underdogfantasy.com and sign up with promo code radio you're listening to the blitz on espn 97.5 you're listening to the blitz on espn 97.5 and on espn 92.5 live from the veritex community bank studios here's fred fowler and aj hoffman and we're back on the blitz no aj today lance Zerline. Tyler Scott in the house as we get you through on a Thursday afternoon. All right, so there's a couple more things on the Texans, and then we'll move on to some, uh, you know, Shetland people strippers or something. But uh, uh, my, my theory is that basically Nick Casario is just 
Bill O'Brien in a different position. That's why he hired David Culley. He wants a puppet. He wants a guy who he can put his hand up his back and will do what he says that, so he can do the whole roster. I mean, the fact that he liked to sit in there while they were calling plays on offense during games tells me he, you know, they're even calling it Camp Casario at 6'10 now. So I've been saying this for about a month. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I heard that Th- thanks, thanks, guys, for, uh, you know, jumping in and taking my take. But I, I think. I think that's part of it, and I think the Easterby influence is they're basically trying to build a fellowship of Christian athletes here. And and I think you know there's nothing wrong with character guys, but I also think you start limiting yourself if you're just going to get guys who fit into what your religious thinking is, and I don't think it's a great idea. But those are those are two theories that I have based on talking to some people over there. Uh, yeah, I could. I mean. Yeah, I Nick, Nick's just less of an a-hole O'Brien, but he's doing the same thing. He's taking all the power, basically. Yeah, I, um, you know, my biggest concern is that my biggest concern is the way it's structured because the owner is such a weak owner and the owner lets, you know, one and I guess two guys walk all over him. But one of the guys. What do you mean, Lance? Yeah, I mean, do it's you like. you want to play Fortnite with me? <laughs> You can't – he can't stand in the way of anybody. He gets tricked into everything. So if you have a, an owner who's easily tricked by somebody on the staff, I think that's a bad start. But um, Unfortunately, you know, there's nothing you can do about him. Like one of the guys on Twitch was like he just thought it was I was crazy for talking about making your first pick a cornerback. We're talking about a third-round pick. Uh, he was being sarcastic. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Third- I've, I've gotten to know how the Twitchers are a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. well, that one was like yeah. a third – a guy with 11 starts in the history of injury. Yeah, he even says he was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I must have, I must have missed that. But, yeah. Um, in our defense, guys, when we're reading this in a hurry, sometimes it was just it, really yeah, – I didn't read yeah, the whole it doesn't, thing. But it doesn't cornerback is Cornerback was something I would have done. But, um, I don't know. I want to be excited about the Texans, but it's probably going to take a little while. Hey, it took a while for the Astros. Yeah, but – And the Rockets are now in the what, same though, it, position it, where it, they're going to have to rebuild. But, but I'm actually excited because of why. Because they have the second pick. Yeah, and although man, I didn't like, I didn't like that story that said they were looking to trade up to one. I think two was the perfect place for them to land. Didn't it feel very Trubisky, where yeah. San Francisco tricked the Bears into yeah. trading up, and <laughs> they still got the guy they wanted. Yeah, um, you know, Kelly Iko from the Athletic had a good article about he was well, it was a mailbag, and he was asked about his thoughts on the differences between. Let me get your thoughts on this: the differences between. Jalen Green, who's the explosive G League player. If you haven't seen any highlights, you really should look him up. He's got, you know, he's an explosive leaper. He can really get to the hole with great quickness, and he's got bounce. And he, you know, he he's 19, and he was a five-star recruit. This guy has explosive high-end guard potential. The other guy that's being considered, most people think, at least around basketball, is Evan Mobley, who is a a big man who could be a swing player because he's kind of this generation of big man who's long, rangy, can step outside and shoot from three. So I don't know that you'd consider him like he's not a, necessarily a post player at all. That that term is not even used that often anymore. So the question would be, okay, you have Christian Wood who already does some of those things. Do you want to go get an Evan Wood or do you want to get Jalen Green? My choice is always going to be Jalen Green, but a friend of mine who played college basketball made a great point, and he made a really good point again about Clint Capella contract. When Daryl Morey gave it out, he said, "This is a stupid contract." I'm like, Rodney, why? Why is this stupid? You gotta, you gotta pay people who perform for you. And he said, "Here's why." 
he catches lobs, dunks them, and he'll get some block shots, and he gets a modest amount of rebounds for being as big you know, and long as he is. You could go get that with Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, you didn't have to pay Clint Capella that much money. And, you know, eventually Daryl Morey kind of saw it the same way because he moved yeah. the contract. Well, he made this point. How many explosive guards, lead guards are there and playmaking guards are there now in the NBA? A ton. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. I don't want to say they grow on trees, but it's not hard to find them. So his point was it's actually easier to find that in any given draft. It's harder to find a skilled big man. And he's a 19-year-old who's probably going to grow into his frame. I say probably because he is pretty painfully thin. Uh, Evan Mobley, but his whole point was skilled big men are harder to find. So why not draft a skilled big man? Worry about loading up your guard play because you do already have Kevin Porter Jr. and you have you know Jay Sean Tate. You can go find. You got two other first round picks. His point, and I thought it was a pretty good point. It is harder to find skilled big men, and if Christian Wood is not a guy who's in their long-term future, which I wouldn't have thought except, did you hear the comments from um, Ryan Rossillo? No. A couple weeks ago? He made a comment on a podcast that he said, you know, from basically something like from things I'm hearing, Christian Wood, you know, the body language isn't great. He's not exactly a team-first guy. He was making comments that you don't just make based on watching a couple of Rockets games. Well, how many Rockets, how games, many Rockets games did he actually watch? Exactly. So he's hearing that from somebody. Yeah. He's hearing that from somebody behind the scenes, that maybe Christian Wood's not a great locker room guy or not a team guy. Well, if that's the case, he's a commodity. Like Christian Wood is a skilled big man who's a 20, 10, a 20 and 10 big man. They're not easy to find. So um, you would think he has some – he's at a re- very reasonable price tag as well. Yeah. You could potentially consider moving him in the future. So I kind of understood Rodney's point of why not get the skilled big man, move Wood if you want to. If not, have two skilled big men, some talent, obviously, with immature, but Kevin Porter, but, but, uh, Porter is, a, is a talented player. Jay Sean Tate looks like he's going to be a core player for you. Why not go in that direction? I thought it made some sense. I'm a big Jalen Suggs fan, right? but he's a little uh, more limited. But I think from basketball character, if you want to start a team, that guy's the kind of guy you want to start around. And I think the the comp that we've been using with him is, is Brandon Roy before his knee That's exploded. That's who I thought. And Rod, I, Rodney's I would, comp was um, Chauncey Billups. What do you think about that? A big six-foot-four point guard who's good and solid but not maybe spectacular. I think that's fair. I, I think he's also he's well-rounded like Chauncey was, but I think he's got better scoring potential than Chauncey. Uh, I do, too. It took Chauncey a while. Yeah. It took Chauncey a while, but Mike, I've, I felt like Brandon Roy has been the cop, too, but Chauncey, from a point guard standpoint, made some sense to me also. And I, just, I like him. I, I like him because he knows... Jalen Suggs knows how to play. You can see it. And yeah. he's got some leadership vibes to him also. And, and he, 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 was, he wants the ball in big situations. I mean, that's the kind of guy you want. I like him uh, out of all of those. But it, to be fair, to be fair, I've only seen him. I mean, I've seen more of him than anybody else. And I've seen a lot of Mobley, too, Yep, who I like. And, I mean, if you're getting a poor man's Anthony Davis, I, I'll hear that argument. And I, I do think you're right. It's harder to get quality big men. It's just... You know, there's, how many teams are winning because of their quality big man? You know, and, and now DeAndre Ayton's been a very good piece for the Suns during this run, but he's not the reason they're winning. And and I think if you if you can get and and I haven't seen enough of Green. All I know is that is what I've seen on the highlights. He looks fantastic. 
but he also averaged 17 points a game in 15 games in the in the G League, and that's not exactly elite score, you know. But he's 19 years old, uh, and and is that harder than playing than Gonzaga playing Baylor? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm guessing that the the G League's a little tougher, and that that's a learning experience for him. So I I can't I, I can't have a strong opinion that I would rather have this guy based on what I've seen. I'd rather have Suggs, but I haven't seen enough. Same. No, I'm I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same with you. I haven't seen enough to to say that. Have you noticed that there's no like there's an abundance of NFL draft guys? I w- I'm trying to get an NBA draft guy on the radio. It, they're harder to find. Well, Chad Ford's kind of gone. I don't even know where Chad Ford is Well, you is know anymore. why? Because when was the last time we had to care about the draft around here? Yeah, but who are the draft guys nationally anyway? That's, Shouldn't we know who they are? Jonathan Gavoni, who went from Draft Express over to ESPN. But who else? Who are the draft guys? I, like, basketball doesn't have a lot of draft guys. I, I think in part, there's probably some guys out there we don't know them because there's been no reason for 10 or 12 years to have a draft guy on the show. Yeah. Because the Rockets haven't had picks. Uh, but no, I, I couldn't tell you who the best draft guys are. I mean, yeah. It's not, uh, it, and it's not like, let's not start trying to compare the NBA to the NFL either. I mean, uh, NFL draft is, is its own thing. But you know, there's a lot of people who make a pretty good living because of the NFL draft. I don't, I don't know about that in the uh, NBA. I, the, no, there's, yeah, <laughs> not, not nearly as much. It's, if you want to talk about labor of love, you really have to love it to be doing NBA stuff. Um, I know we got we to gotta take a break here. I want to I get into Shohei Itani for a second because I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I want to take a look at – he's got a couple – there are some numbers that Otani is involved with that have never happened in baseball history, and I want to see if you can guess what those are. There's one specific thing he's doing that nobody in baseball history ever, ever, ever has done. Right now um, – it's time for me to tell you about Cars for Kids. That's Now, this is something that has been done before, and it's been done by the same people with Cars for Kids. And that's uh, because they do such an amazing job. of, And it benefits Houston Can Academies. But they have figured out a way to help people with their education, to help kids with their education. That's why their mantra is right off the car and not the kid. The pickup is free. Um, it's a tax write-off, so you're going to benefit from that. And whether you have the title or not, they will do all the title work for you, and that includes the search and the transfer. So whether it's a motorcycle, a truck, a car, whether it's running or not, it doesn't matter. They take all vehicles. They will come out. They'll take it off your hands. You get the tax write-off. And that way you can write off that car without writing off the kids. So here's how you do it. Go to carsforkids.org. That's carsforkids.org or call 713-225-4226. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. No A.J. today. It is Lance Zerline. And sorry, Twitchers, we had some business to talk about. We'll be back on Twitch next segment. All right. We're going to uh, give away a four-pack of tickets to see Vegas Stars this Saturday, July 10th at Lagoon Fest, Texas. You and three friends also win an afternoon pass to the Lagoon, so come early and take a dip before the concert. Lagoon Fest Texas is the largest 
Lagoon in Texas, located in Texas City. The Summer Concert Series is just kicking off, so keep listening to win tickets to other shows all summer long. See a list of live concerts and get tickets now at LagoonFestTexas.com at 537. We'll take caller three. So I'm just curious, maybe one of you guys knows the answer to this. What makes a lagoon a lagoon and not a pond or an inlet? Do you know the answer? I don't know the answer. No, I'm just asking. I'm just kind of curious. Somebody will know the answer to that. Oh, well. I, I, I'm just curious because the only, only way I know what a lagoon is is from the Blue Lagoon way back in the day. Yeah, it's one a has shallow body. shields, one doesn't. It's a shallow body of water separated from a larger body of water by a narrow landform, such as a ah. reef, a barrier island, barrier peninsulas, or isthmus. Ooh, an isthmus or a reef. So they have a reef down there? i got to go check this place out. That's my old stomping grounds. So I'm guessing they have an isthmus. All right, show Hayatani. <laughs> Let's get to it. Okay, so get this. I mean, you know he has 32 home runs. You see the one he had yesterday? Uh, yeah. Another yeah. prodigious bomb. He uh, already has broken the home run record for uh, Japanese-born players. Japanese-born players bro- broke it before the All-Star break. Yeah. Um, he also has a 1064 OPS, which is very, very impressive. He has a 349 ERA with 11.7 strikeouts per nine innings. He has nine pitches at 100 miles an hour uh, or more this year, topping out at 101.1. His splitter is considered the hardest splitter to hit in all of baseball, 55% swing and miss ratio. 55% 55% of them have swing and miss or swings are misses I should say. He has 12 stolen bases and four triples. So he throws 100 miles an hour. He leads the league in home runs. He has more than 11 close to 12 strikeouts per 9 innings. He has 12 stolen bases which is, you know, a ton in this era. He leads the league with triples with four. And he is the first player ever. Now, the only other guy that could even be compared is Babe Ruth. But he's the first player ever with 10 starts as a starting pitcher, 10 home runs, and 10 stolen bases in a single season. No player ever has had 10 homers, 10 stolen bases, and 10 starts as a pitcher in history of baseball. Can I give you a little more here? Bill Plaschke wrote a column basically saying we're seeing one of the, the greatest seasons in baseball history, if not the greatest. The best year that Babe Ruth had as a two-way player, 1919 for the Boston Red Sox. 9-5 and five record with a 297 ERA, but only 29 home runs. So he's already on pace to, to beat Babe Ruth's best year where he did both. So he, he's already beat the home runs. That's pretty incredible. Kirchner still called him. He compared him to Babe in the piece I saw, but he still considers Babe the best player that's ever played. I think that's relative. I think baseball nerds are going to say, relative to your competition, if you're substantially better than the rest of your competition, then that matters. Kind of the the Will Chamberlain effect. I'll see how this plays out. I still don't think I've ever seen a better season than Barry Bonds' year uh, out of any player. And you can say what you want about the Roids, but you know, I I mean that 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 season where his numbers were just so ridiculously good with it, even the intentional walks with the bases loaded. I mean, the guy was un- unstoppable, but this is pretty incredible. I don't think 
Now, as far as MVP goes, it doesn't matter that his team sucks. I mean, Mike Trout wins that thing every year he's healthy on the same damn team. So I think he's MVP as of today. You do think he's MVP? Oh, yeah, I don't even think it's close. Okay, so I was wondering, I'm going to look at, there's a website that I have that I think is the best for, it it continues to track sports betting trends, like who the MVP is going to be, the rookie of the year, the Cy Young, defensive rookie of the year for, I just finished turning that column in for NFL. Um, If you're on a team, like, if Mike Trout's already getting MVPs on a team that never wins, how are you fourth in the division? Uh, third or no, maybe third in the division, third or fourth in the division. How are you there? You're going to potentially finish with below 500 record and you, and you keep winning the MVP. One team has a guy who wins the MVP and they can't even make a playoff. Because they have the best player. The baseball's different. Is it most outstanding player? Is it? it, it, It's best player. It's the guy who has the best season. And in the NFL, your team better be good if you're going to be MVP, right? Um, If you're, in, in the NBA, hell, your team better be at least a playoff team and probably have near the best record. That's not the case in baseball. And, that's, and it's not just him. I mean, you go back, there have been a lot of guys on teams that were okay, but statistically they were so dominant. I mean, that's... Uh, Would you pay money to go see Otani? Um, well... Who's got... Well, let me, let me switch it for you. Who's got more... Who's got the most... Out of these two players, who had more fanfare, do you think, and hype and excitement around them? Hideo Nomo, who was one of the originals, the OGs with the Dodgers, and he had a unique throwing style. And he Hideo Nomo or Shohei Atani in terms uh, of Japanese players? I, I, I almost think Matsui was the bigger one because he went to he, the Yankees at the time. But and, and it was also, listen, baseball was bigger then. Because we, we've talked about this before. Mike Trout's probably the biggest until now. So the biggest star in baseball, right? Atani should be the biggest. I mean, this should be what he's doing is unheard of in baseball history. He's a real starter and a real slugger. He's a he throws a hundred. What he, what he's doing is is are the things that baseball historians have written stories about in the nineteen in nineteen fifteen. There was a player in the Negro Leagues who was able to name a Wickerbottom Satchel Mishmash, and they will tell stories. Well, this is what he throws a hundred and is and is thirty two home runs already. He's on pace for sixty home runs and throws a hundred. Who who no one has ever done that in history ever. Not even close. And yet you see Vlad Guerrero Jr., you see um Tatis, who for my money would be the biggest star in baseball. I think when it's when it's when when it comes to recognition, some of that is the love on the video game cover and things like that. But Otani, what he's doing is it's never been done in baseball history. Yeah, and it should be getting more. T- I think it is getting more attention now around the All-Star break, but it's still, um, I think part of it is, even though it's California, it's like the White Sox are in Chicago. I mean, if he were a Dodger, we'd be hearing a lot more about this. If he were a Yankee, we'd be hearing about it. If he were a Cub, uh, it, he would be all over everything. But for some reason, the Angels just don't move the needle. And I think part of it's because they haven't been very good. And, and even so, I said Trout's won three MVPs on bad teams. And, you know, I think that's what's going to happen here. I don't even think it's going to be close if he, if he keeps doing this. Well, I mean, honestly, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But as soon as you throw the word valuable in, it allows people to argue it. And yeah, I just think it's going to be interesting. Hmm. So, anyway, 
Megabuses. Come on, Fred. I know you're smart. That season you mentioned with Babe Ruth was during the dead ball era. Babe Ruth had twice as many home runs as a guy who finished second. Uh, dude, don't talk to me about 1919 for bleep's sake. You know, Bill Plaschke used the comparison. I shared it. Ugh. But, ugh. but even Babe Ruth said it was, it was almost impossible to do both. So what this guy's doing is way more impressive. If he stays healthy. Now, that's, that's been his issue, too. We'll see. I mean, I, I think he's, yeah, as of today, he's MVP. And poor me, Nomo got a bunch of run in Japan because of the Dodgers, and Matsui got a bunch of runs because of the Yankees. And um, Yeah, but the Angels do him no favors. And, I mean, the fact yeah. that you got to deal with the Dodgers um, in Europe, I mean, you know, they're the, they're the Mets. I mean, the Angels are the Mets to the Dodgers-Yankees. That's just the case. And uh, Atani should be an even bigger story, I would think. I think he's a pretty big story, but you would think he'd be an even bigger story. I, you know, I'm looking. I mean, Mike Trout did win MVP when they were 72 and 90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 72 I, and 90, and the numbers are very similar to what Otani may end up with even more home runs and a very similar OPS. And you know, uh, until this, you know, who, the, who was the best player of all those guys was Ichiro, but he was Seattle. Yeah, and he was a slappy. He didn't have the power numbers. Yeah, guy. Guy had a bunch of hits in two leagues. Zillion hits could slap it anywhere, but man, the ability to knock in runs like Atani has. Because when I look at it, I'm thinking, you know, I was looking at Carlos Correa's numbers the other day thinking, I wonder if Carlos has an outside shot of getting some MVP love. I know the voters, you know, I mean, God forbid there were ever trash cans in a dugout because no one's cheated ever in baseball. But um, so I know he won't get enough votes. But I was wondering if Carlos was putting together an MVP type season. And then. Jordan the next day bangs out two home runs and five RBIs, and you start looking at his numbers, and he's having a, his season is actually not defensively, but it's comparable with Carlos Correa's, and he's not even an All Star, and he gets no one talks about him at all. But here, here's a guy who is you know what he's done over the course of almost a complete baseball season, he's almost played 162. You look at what he's done, that's really scary to think what he could be, but. From uh, from an MVP standpoint, I'm getting I'm almost kind of starting to get tired of talking baseball. That's all right because when we come back, we're gonna do a gym of the day. Yeah, I think you're gonna like it. I want something off the beaten path. In fact, you know what we'll do? We'll we'll, we'll get off sports for a little bit. We'll do a gym of the day, and then uh, I've I've got. Do you have something? I, I have something pretty good. Yeah, Tyler came up with. Hmm. So, it, craft it, beer and nope, nope, braised pork belly. As somebody who has a whole bunch of kids, you'll appreciate this. Okay. How's that for a tease? Is that a good radio tease, Tyler? Am I doing my job? Quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Lance Zerline filling in. Okay, so who's, who's doing this cover? Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Metallica's doing a thing called The Blacklist. 
And now, is that like Nativity in Black with Sabbath, where all those other guys did their songs? Yeah. Okay. So it's they got fifty four different bands to cover the Black album. I got and, something for you. Google there. I ruined it. Okay. On YouTube, and just pick any song you want. I don't care. Oh, is that where they they play the the instruments like out of tune and everything no 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 they basically take a song and completely change the genre of the song okay i think it's called there i ruined it it's either there i ruined it for you or something like that on youtube and uh let me see what it is and i want you to just pick one at random during this segment because i need like there's been so much sports and i know fred's not used to this much sports we need to take something and well, cleanse, well, this, this like cleanse the day. This this will transition into that. This is your Zadok Jewelers gym of the day. Oh, okay, okay. What the gym of the day? It's the gym of the day. The Zadok Jeweler gym of the day. All right. You know, sometimes you know people think they were born in the wrong time. I think I might have been born on the wrong continent because this woman this woman could have been a wife for life for me. Uh, a New Zealand mom has reportedly named her three children Metallica, Slayer, and Pantera. <laughs> that is, a, I, I'm in. By the way, New Zealand women are hot and they have great accents. But apparently, yeah, she was. Uh, um, basically, says proud report: a New Zealand mother has named her children Metallica, Pantera, and Slayer. She told me it's not easy raising three of the heaviest bands, but Slayer would be the best name to have, right? Yeah. Slayer Fowler. Slayer's going to be a problem. And yeah. Slayer's for sure going to get in trouble at school. Oh, yeah. But uh, they, they double-checked. The, they didn't give the woman's name. But, um, yeah, then she, that's her three kids. I'm totally down with that. And, and apparently, like, one of them, their middle name is... I still can't tell if this is, like, some satire article or not, but one of them... Uh, the guy says that the kid's middle name is Injustice for All. Okay, now that's that's getting that's getting stupid. Now, <laughs> that's, now I'm divorcing her. Yeah, yeah. Did you find you find you found the group there? I ruined it. Yeah. Okay. So I have the so name some of the songs. Uh, sometimes the videos make it pretty good too, but name some of the songs. So I've got Eye of the Tiger, mm-hmm. uh, Bad. Let's see, Without Me. The uh, Drowning Pool, that's uh, Granado's favorite, the Bodies song. Uh, who who covered that? Uh, well, it's not a cover. No, it's, it's not, not a, cover. a cover. But yeah. it's basically they reconfigured the It's a totally different the whole, style. All right, yeah. well, I, I, I need how, to hear it then. How about Bodies? How about, let the, how about Bodies? By, let yeah, the body, bodies let's hear Bodies because yeah. that, that's a song I like. There you go. See if you like this. There's all these kids. It's like a kid show. Okay, this is a cover though. That's not the actual lyrics. I mean, that's not yeah, the actual singer. Much more right. Okay, yeah, it is a cover. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's truly awful. That is truly awful. And if you see the video with the kids jumping up and down like it's a little, it, it takes snippets from real TV shows. And turns into a completely different. Um, you could, you could right, well, find. I'll just, I'll go on record as saying anything that has little kids in it, whether it's a commercial or a song, you can turn off. I, I will not buy your product if you have little kids singing. 
You won't? No. It, isn't that the best kind with no, little kids? No, that's the worst thing in the time? world. That's a, listen, when, when yours, are, your, yours are grown up enough to be out of the house, they ain't cute anymore. Okay, and, you and know other, what? Other people's little kids are not cute, and little kids singing, not cute. How about um, Come As You Are with Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, <laughs> but it's the swing edition. Yeah, scroll down a little bit, and you can find that one from all their videos. I've not heard this one before. See if you like this one. Uh, this one sucks less. Remember, but no matter this what, one, have you ever heard that the, guy uh, Richard Cheese? You know yeah, who he is, the similar, lounge singer. Very similar, similar to that. So remember, this, this is, is called got a There Cab I Calloway Ruined It. Feel to it, yeah. It's called There I Ruined It. Okay. It's not, I don't think you're supposed to like these. None of them. I, I've listened to about six of them. They're eminently unlikable. Okay. So keep that in mind. Here, okay. This is Inner Sandman, the kids' edition. Okay. That was it. There's only a 45 uh, seconds. The little baby Jesus is rolling over in his grave right now. Did you like that one? And I can tell you, Bluegrass Eminem without me is also not good. None of them are. He wants to ruin them all for you. See, I I like... Mission accomplished. I like different stuff like like Steven Seagulls. I don't know if you've heard them, but they do like uh, rockabilly covers of like Thunderstruck and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're from Finland. It's really weird. They're like a a honky-tonk band from finland that does covers like that and like i love me first and the gimme gimme's who do punk versions of everything like you, you name it they do they'll do punk versions of uh paula abdul like straight up it's pretty badass but there's um there's a there's a album cd whatever called punk ghost crunk and they've got some punk bands covering hip-hop songs that is actually there's some actually a couple that are really good in there and then there's a group called Parquet Courts that um, does some different cover does some different cover versions and things like that that I think are pretty good. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. A, yeah. I don't mind cover songs when, when people do it. I mean, look, this what I told you about was not good, obviously. Right. But um, I don't mind cover bands who put a different spin on some of the songs out there. I, I actually I, like it. I, I, I want. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want you to hear these two first. first give him uh, "Country Roads" by me first, and the "Gimme Gimmies." Little John Denver action, and then I want to, I want him to hear Steven Seagulls and see what he thinks of Thunderstruck. So those should be easy to find. I should have given you more warning. That's on me. I was going to say, man, Tyler's on top of it. He has it this quick. Well, he's got he's got Spotify, but he's got to find him. Here you go. Yeah, these I love these guys. I'm actually going to see him in October.
Yeah, I like this version. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Um, all right, give him some Steven Seagulls now. This is a little different. Just curious what you think of this. But yeah, these these guys. Which do, song is this next one? Uh, this is uh, the Finland band that I was telling you about that do. Uh, I, what would you call? You would call it rockabilly. It'd be. Oh, it's like bluegrass. Bluegrass, yeah. This is thunderstruck. Yeah. I think this is the first one that uh, got the famous Friggin' accordion. The accordion's just dropping. I can never know what to make of this. Okay, pull up nothing but a G thing from the escape frame. All right. On YouTube. Just YouTube it. It's the escape frame, nothing but a G thing. This is actually a good version of this. It's something that it, it they took a rap song and made it more of a song. See what you think about this one. It's pretty. It's actually something that I think is was pretty well done. Out. So that's a yeah. little different. That's a little it's different not, take on that. You know what? I don't hate that. No, I don't it's hate not, that. It's not bad. And actually, there's they do uh, this. They do still on um, Punk Goes Crunk. They've got Still Fly by by Manny Fresh and the Boys. Um, I got your money by uh, Old Dirty Bastard. Say anything does it. It's actually a pretty interesting. Uh, that's actually a pretty interesting, interesting compilation album to check out. I don't know all these groups I'd consider punk necessarily, but whatever. Okay, yeah, that, kind of a that, punk sounds, rock that sounds more pop. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But I thought that was a different take on that. So mm. interestingly, so there, I mean, it's something a little non-sports. This is, there we go. Get a little something else going. We do. It, that, it was too much. There was too much sports there for a while in a row. No, I, I, I understand that. I like that. the topics. They're good topics. I enjoy mm. talking about it, but, you know, I got to take a little break here. I'm not used to being up doing radio at this particular time. No, that's true. You, you, in fact, you got another hour. You may fall asleep on me. No, so. no, no. I actually have more energy than I have in the morning. Oh, that's good to know. But we, we, we've got some more non-sportsy stuff we'll get to, besides making your ears bleed, which is always funny. Uh, but, hey, guys, if you've got a vehicle that you're not using anymore, and uh, maybe it's running, maybe it's not, maybe it's been sitting in the yard, you want to do something with it, we'll do a good thing. Uh, donate it to Houston Can Academies through carsforkids.org. And if you go to uh, carsforkids.org, or you can call them at 713-225-4226, here's what you're going to do. They're going to come pick it up for free. You're going to get a tax write-off. It's going to go to benefit local kids. And if you mention ESPN Houston, you're going to get a $50 Visa gift card just as a thank you for your donation. And it's such an easy process, man. They take care of everything. If you don't have the title, guess what? They'll do the title work for you, including search and transfer. And uh, all the money goes locally. 
And it's it doesn't matter whether it's a car, a motorcycle, or a truck. It doesn't matter if it's running. Maybe you hadn't even started it up in two years. Well, guess what? They will come and take it anyway, and you will still get that tax write-off. Again, go to carsforkids.org, 713-225-4226 is the number. And remember, write off the car, not the kid. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5.